You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning on Back Chat, uh, we're talking about uh, changes to uh, support schemes uh, for companies and employees uh, during this uh, fifth wave of the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, uh, specifically the employment support scheme. Now, about uh, 1.74 million workers, that's up from 1.3 million, will benefit from the amended scheme. Um, the government has lifted the salary cap for eligible employees, including part-timers. Um, to discuss uh, this support, uh, we're joined on the line by Danny Lau, Honorary Chairman of the Hong Kong Small and Medium Enterprises Association, and Andrew Leung, uh, former Director General of Social Welfare. And we'll be joined uh, a little bit later by uh, Vera Yoon from uh, the University of Hong Kong. Uh, but uh, um, just now, um, perhaps... Um, um, Danny Lau, perhaps uh, we, we could ask you first, um, um, what, what's your response to the changes uh, to the employment support scheme? Oh, good morning, morning. Uh, Jim and Mick. Yes, uh, regarding the, the uh, latest uh, ESS, um, some, some good uh, enhancements, but uh, some modification is not uh, quite, quite uh, we, we welcome. Uh, regarding the, the monthly cap, uh, to remove the monthly cap of uh, 30,000 is a good enhancement. Uh, both employers and employees will be benefit. This uh, implies uh, more employees are eligible to have uh, these subsidies. Companies will gain more cash flow to, to run the company. More cash flow, the more chance to, to survive in this uh, critical period. The, uh, the, the, uh, we, we are happy to, to see this uh, modification. Uh, but for the, the number of employee, employee uh, which the employer can choose, uh, to apply uh, for uh, they, 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 the employer will have a choice of uh, uh, the number of employees uh, for 2020 or Q4 of 2021 uh, we believe that Q4 2021 should be more uh, appropriate because it it's really reflecting the uh, the recent situation a mm. bit close to the reality. Mm. Uh, I understand the uh, the government intends to help more companies who have been expanding during 2020 and 2021. But if the company has been expanding their period, uh, their, their, their their business uh, in that period. Uh, why should the government subsidize them? Another case is uh, if a company hired 20 people uh, in 2020, uh, due to the epidemic, they hire only 10 employees in Q4 2021, the company will 
if they have a choice, they they must have to uh, to choose the figure of the at at 2020, which is uh, 20 employees. If they have a choice, mm. so just uh, fix it on Q4 2021 will be it will be better. Okay. Will be more appropriate, I uh, believe. Andrew Lang, would you agree with that? Well, uh, first of all, um, I think that the pandemics, um, years of pan- two, two years of pandemics, have really upended everything because Hong Kong has been uh, having uh, almost full employment uh, for a long, long time, uh, and of course, the government has been throwing tons of money uh, to help the um, uh, employees uh, in the circumstances. Uh, in 2020, the whole scheme amounted to 130 billion. Now, just come to think of it, 130 billion Hong Kong dollars. Um, and then um, at, at now, uh, there's an increase of 12 billion to benefit 440,000 more um, because of the abolition uh, of the upper um, salary limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I hope is that um, there, there will be speed uh, in uh, dishing out this, this help uh, to the needy. But above all, because the, a lot of the money is going first to the employers, uh, and I hope that there will be sufficient safeguards uh, to prevent any inflation of claims, because this public money. Um, and then I hope there will be sufficient safeguards to prevent that. Um, but above all, I, uh, as I said, that this is a, meant to be a temporary relief, because Hong Kong has been, uh, is, is a free society. It's not does not depend on, on government subsidies. Um, so, uh, and Hong Kong has been having full employment, but the problem is um, even the employment situation is undergoing a sea change, uh, not just because of the pandemics, but because of uh, the trade wars, dislocation of uh, supply chains, um, and in fact, the development of the Greater Bay Area. A lot of jobs are going to the big, uh, in the Greater Bay Area um, rather than um, homegrown in Hong Kong. And also because of the impact of high of um, um, uh, high technology, 5G, big data, do we have sufficient manpower uh, to um, uh, for these jobs? Um, and, um, and and of course the, the uh, education system uh, are they able to cope and stay ahead uh, of the curve? So there are a lot of structural uh, issues uh, that are at stake, uh, and the government. Uh, a proactive government should really stay ahead of the game, um, providing training, uh, providing training ahead of the um, uh, surging demands, uh, and then catching up with the times. As I said, um, the whole world supply and value chain has been totally dislocated. Uh, there is a discup- decoupling uh, from um, from China um, to a certain extent. Um, there is also the um, uh, now the sanctions uh, uh, on Ukraine, uh, on, on Russia, uh, because of the Ukraine war. It's also dis- disrupting a lot of supply chains worldwide. Right. And, Andrew, so these I macro the issues... To, which you've... To be alive to all these challenges, as yeah. far as employment is concerned. These macro issues that you've outlined are, are quite correct. It, just coming back for a minute to this particular scheme at a more micro level, surely... <laughs> Keeping a company on survival, the only real way to do it is to get the customers back through the door, isn't it? 
Well, naturally, that's what I'm trying to say, is that uh, you, 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 the government has got to get the economy, the economy back on an even keel, uh, and that depends on um, opening up uh, to uh, opening up the border, opening up the um, uh, the, the interaction with outside businesses, uh, with investors, uh, and all this depends on um, the government's ability. Um, to really um, uh, 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 move the, this pandemic uh, to a close. Um, and, of course, it's easier said than done, but I think that indications are that uh, the number of cases are going down, um, and with any bit of luck, uh, the Hong Kong economy should be back uh, on track, uh, maybe towards the latter part of this year. And then um, there will be more, a greater employment, and there will be, of course, the customers um, that would feed the, the, uh, the businesses uh, as you mentioned. Could we be a bit more aggressive in allowing restaurants to open in the evening, for example? I'm, I'm fed up of going into restaurants and seeing uh, well, families sp- well, spread over three tables. Well, try it. Uh, quite. Well, so is everybody. Uh, but I think that the, um, uh, you can see that there is a, a resurgence uh, of cases in other, in other uh, territories or countries. Um, whereby they just open up and there will be a sudden surge. But, the, but the, the, we can't compare Hong Kong with other, uh, other territories in the sense that our vaccination rate uh, is nothing compared with Singapore in terms of the, uh, especially with the elderly cohort. Um, and, and so many elderly people have died because the, a, a lot of them you know, haven't, haven't um, uh, taken any vaccination. And even the, the first, uh, the second vaccination rate uh, is, is pretty low. So, um, and of course, that these cohorts could spread the, 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 the virus around. So I think the government has been very, very careful. But the indications are that um, Carrie Lam announced uh, 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 maybe yesterday or um, that she's going to relax some of the, the measures uh, depending on the data, especially the data collected uh, with this self-testing exercise lasting for three days. Um, everybody's got this huge uh, package of, of self-testing kits, and hopefully there will be some data um, that will support the relaxation of, of, of these restrictions. Uh, let's ask uh, Danny Lau, because I know you have to go uh, shortly at quarter past, but um, is this scheme well targeted enough? I mean, for instance, uh, uh, companies like uh, supermarkets and pharmacies will now be partly able to uh, make <coughs> claims under it. Um, um, uh, you, you, as uh, chairman of the Small and Medium Enterprises Association, how do you feel about that? Uh, this is no good. Uh, the previous propo- proposed um, uh, exclusion list is, uh, is good uh, to take out all the unaffected companies, such as a supermarket and pharmacists, uh, from the supporting list is absolutely essential but now they change uh, them back although uh, uh, some uh, they they impose some restrictions on uh, only 100 per, per company uh, but still I don't think they should be subsidized, subsidized in, in this case um, so this is another drawback uh, of this uh, proposal 
Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much uh, for speaking to us uh, this morning uh, on the programme. Um, Andrew Leung, uh, uh, stay with us, please, for a bit longer. Um, um, what do you think? Is, is, is the scheme well enough targeted for, for those to help those companies, businesses that really need it? Okay. Hello, Andrew? Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I thought that you could have an in, 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 in interruption. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I think the scheme is pretty comprehensive. Mm -hmm. um, but as pointed out just now by, um, by uh, the, uh, the other panelists, yeah. um, um, some companies uh, that are big um, and they're benefiting from the, uh, from the pandemic in, in a way because there's lots of customers. Uh, for example, the uh, supermarket chains and, um, and, and, and some of the a store selling essential goods, um, they're doing a rolling trade. Um, and, and as I said, this, um, uh, extending the scheme uh, to some of these companies uh, could invite uh, attempts to inflate the claims mm -hmm. because sometimes it's very difficult because you say, well, I'm going to fire some of these people. How do you know that if without the scheme, um, uh, they would necessarily fire them? Um, but I think that the scheme um, is, 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 uh, has a very large catchment area uh, and it's making it easier for small and medium-sized uh, enterprises, particularly the self-employed, uh, to get some help um, in these difficult times. Mm. So I think it, it's a good scheme. But okay. what I'm trying to say is there's tons of money involved, um, mm. and government needs to be very, very careful um, that the loopholes are, are plucked, um, and then there is not an invitation for inflation of claims. Mm. Indeed. Uh, okay, and we're joined now on the on the line by Vera Yoon, who's uh, a lecturer with the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so the government is going to spend uh, an additional uh, $12 billion uh, on this scheme. Um, how much of a difference is it going to make, do you think, to uh, employment stability? Well, I think marginally it would help. Anyway, because um, for some companies, they might want to um, make redundancies, these positions. But now, because if they want to receive the subsidy, they, they are obliged to keep the position. So, well, at least from the numbers, um, the positions will be kept for like three months. Mm. Uh, and, um, hello? Yeah. Did we lose you? Sorry, sorry, uh, um, Vera Yoon. Um, do you think there are enough um, safeguards in the way the scheme is administered? Uh, um, <clears throat> we heard Andrew Long just now pointing out that there are very large sums of public money uh, involved with this. Well, I think the way they do this is when you do any targeting, well, you want um, companies or people who need to receive it, but um, if you're too strict on targeting, somebody will be missed out. Um, I think that there's always a trade-off, and this time they relieve um, the restriction a little bit to include companies that have more than 50 employees and also um, industries that have more uh, business during the pandemic than, than usual, actually. And... They said this is to support the employees rather than um, the company. So, uh, on the other hand, they said they wanted to focus on the resources of SMEs, as Cherry Lamb said. So it's, it's kind of um, contradicting. They, one of the points that Andrew was alluding to just now, um, before you were able to join the show, was that there are a whole lot of structural changes going on in the economy um, at the same time. 
Um, and I'm thinking particularly now also of tourism. Uh, tourism, I think, is going to, having been Commissioner for Tourism uh, some years ago, I'm, I'm worried about whether tourism's ever going to come back on the scale that it previously was. Uh, it's certainly going to be taking a very long time. Is there a danger we're keeping companies alive that are going to die anyway? Well, I think the pandemic has uh, swept away many of these companies that are not quite viable before the pandemic. And if we look at U.S. research, we can see that um, for every, I think it's like for every 10 jobs, uh, three or four are gone uh, are gone for, for good and because of restructuring because they are becoming online because they have to be changed in order to accommodate um, you know newer uh, era or newer demand that things have become more online people order uh, online and so we need more people who for example um, answer uh, customer queries online and also you know uh, Korea that that's the logistics of it. So there, a part of the economy is restructuring and some of the positions have gone. And I think for the tourism, I agree with you. Um, when they come back, it's like we are even more adopted to the um, online way. So there will be online travel agencies that have more business than before, but, you know, the face-to-face one uh, would drop and become more personalized and have to be more high-ended and, you know, more tailored to um, the tourist need. So I think there would be change. And But then you said it's keeping companies that are not viable. I think if, if they're not viable, I think they already were gone. So I think if they still think that uh, some investment should be kept and see if it revived, they could go back to business quickly. And if if the business owners still think so, and maybe they are worth because um, the subsidies, they are not that much. Andrew Leung, um, you pointed out before, well, this is not a welfare society, but um, uh, can I ask you about the other, there's another scheme, the Temporary Unemployment Relief Scheme, that's to help people who've uh, lost their jobs uh, in this fifth wave of the epidemic. Uh, do you think there's scope for that to be expanded or extended? I mean that the um, uh, the social um, security um, the CSSA uh, scheme um, includes some kind of uh, unemployment uh, relief, um, and as the pandemic obviously has resulted in a much larger number of unemployed people, I think those those those, those pressure uh, on the provision of funds um, in the CSSA scheme. Um, uh, 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 apart from this uh, special. Uh, employment relief fund, um, but what, what, what I'm trying, I, 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 referring back to your uh, earlier question about the uh, um, the structural changes, because the pandemic is not all bad. Uh, it's really and is a new wind that blows nobody any good, because um, this pandemic has also created uh, a lot of jobs, uh, new jobs, um, and uh, for example. You know, people are now uh, doing uh, Zoom meetings, and and there was a lot of uh, supporting services for for this kind of uh, businesses, um, and also if even uh, kind of um, um, retail. Uh, people are now buying online, 
um, and then there'll be online, there'll be a lot of uh, logistics and, and, and transportation companies, delivery services. Uh, so there is a whole sea change going on. And what I'm trying to say is that the government needs to stay ahead of the game um, and uh, rather than reacting um, uh, to circumstances and it's always been too late. Um, and of course, a lot of small businesses are already um, quite nimble uh, on their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the, uh, that, that uh, sea change would lead to result, uh, would, would, would necessitate a lot of job training, uh, a lot of skills, uh, which the government uh, is in a position to provide ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Andrew, the CSSA is really a sort of a deep thing, isn't it? You have to uh, asset check, you have an income check, and you really have to be quite hard hit on a long-term basis before it, it kicks in. And, you know, whereas what we're talking about are people who might be unemployed for a few months um, because of, of, of COVID. And when the COVID has, has been brought under control, their jobs will still be there. Yeah, uh, you're right there. But on the other hand, as I mentioned before, uh, there are structural changes and, and the jobs won't, some of the jobs won't come back anymore. <laughs> because, um, um, for example, you mentioned tourism. You know, I mean, there is a huge hit um, on, on the tourist businesses, uh, particularly those relying on flying. Um, I think that the airline business is, 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 is undergoing a sea change. Um, and, and even the, um, the cruise uh, ships businesses have got to reconfigure as to what they're going to do. So this is going to have a lot of impact uh, on jobs. Um, but obviously, most jobs will come back because these changes will take time. Um, but I think that the, both with the CSSA and this uh, special uh, relief scheme uh, is offering a, a great deal of help. Um, I think the one can't complain about the lack of money because 130 billion is a load of money, and plus this 12 um, billion extra uh, to benefit 440,000 um, 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 uh, uh, people. Um, the thing is that um, uh, this money has got to be dished out quickly, efficiently, yeah. and then there ought to be uh, safeguards, as I said, uh, to prevent right. any kind of uh, inflation of claims. The, the point made by Ms. Yoon uh, just now, earlier, was, I think, see, if you're, if you're too stringent, you're actually not getting help to the people who need it. But if you're, if you're too generous... Um, you run the risk of a waste of money and the aud- director of audit coming along later and uh, having a lot to say. Yeah. Do you think we've got the balance right? Well, uh, I think it's not just a, um, a, a easy line to draw. <laughs> um, I think the most important thing is that really you've got to target at the possible loopholes um, and, 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 and see, you know, in these circumstances, you begin... You know, a big sum of money to big business, to businesses employing even a thousand people. You know what are some of the safeguards? Because these big businesses have a lot of money, um, and then they have a cushion, um, and then you really need to to look at what sort of businesses they're employing. You know, are they making a lot of money from this pandemic in any case? <laughs> uh, and if so, um, what is the impact uh, on the sort of people uh, that, that they're going to fire um, because of the pandemic? Uh, I think it's really a sort of targeting approach um, rather than by uh, is a blunderbuss um, kind of approach. Uh, but I think that the safeguards are important. But I agree that you can't 
you know, go to the, uh, to the extreme, to, uh, to the other extreme. Um, because after all, I mean, it's, 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 you, you want to help the, the people really in need. Yeah, uh, Veryun, let me just ask you about uh, the point that Andrew Lone was making also, that really now should be a time for for uh, training and retraining uh, to cope with uh, structural changes in the economy. Yes, I agree with um, Andrew that um, at this time of pandemic, many, um, you know, new demand realize that we know that um, some industry would need more people and then some industry would become, you know, obsolete um, in the long run. I think the government anyway should focus on education, vocational training, retraining anyway. But then because of the pandemic that speeds up how, you know, human lives their lives, the government really should um, invest more into um, changing the skills of the people to suit the new era. Okay. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, thank you very much for speaking to us on the programme this morning. Uh, that was Vera Yoon, who's a lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. Thanks also very much to Andrew Leung, a former Director General of Social Welfare. And a little earlier, we heard from Danny Lau, uh, Honorary Chairman of the Hong Kong Small and Medium Enterprises Association. Uh, we've just got a couple of minutes uh, left of this morning's programme, so um, I have a, a few emails uh, which were left over, which we relate... Uh, to our uh, COVID uh, update uh, topics, um, uh, particularly on the question of uh, testing. Uh, so this one, I'll read this from Magnus, says, uh, uh, um, actually, I should explain that this was from um, last Friday, in fact. Uh, it says, uh, your guest mentioned uh, needing contact tracing as well as testing uh, with the aim of uh, ending the pandemic, uh, several million residents were infected with COVID in the peak period back in late February, early March. All of those uh, millions of people are now becoming infectable again. Uh, the restrictions as uh, incomplete as they have always been are due to be eased in two weeks. Uh, will this not inevitably lead to more cases and therefore a postponement of a phase two? Well, um, uh, our guests uh, before nine o'clock did say there could be a small increase in in cases, but uh, it didn't seem to be something that was too much to worry about. And also, Professor Cowling uh, earlier on Hong Kong Today said uh, um, he didn't expect that there would be a, a big increase in the number of uh, of seriously ill people as a result. Um, well, that's logical when you think about it. If if so many of us have got the virus in the last two months, then our infection and therefore the protection the natural protection is is quite recent mm -hmm. uh, there more be maybe a more valid criticism three four months down the road when the natural immunity is worn off a bit quite quite mike yeah okay uh, and this one from jerry uh, just quickly uh, jeremy um the other day was saying uh, that well he th says there's much under reporting because people just don't trust the authorities and fear that they'll be carted off into an isolation center if people can report their infections after they have recovered the government can gain more accurate data about the rate of infection within the community uh, the authorities need to reassure the public that they'll not be locked up if they report a positive result or report their recovery from covid after the fact um, and 
Another one here from uh, Richard, uh, finally. Richard, who I believe is a, an airline pilot, says that due to my occupation, I do RAT tests almost every day and then multiple PCR tests on top of that. All these tests are my orders from the government and I carry them out. I, I do this so I can still hold my job, which has been destroyed by this administration and now they want to do three more uh, RAT tests and report the results voluntarily. Enough is enough. A COVID-fatigued listener, that from uh, Richard. Uh, actually, we, sh we should know a bit more tomorrow about the, the full results of the three-day testing exercise, so we'll be having a look at that.